I heard from a friend the other day that she lost 10 pounds by doing a cleanse. Oh, yeah? Well, I heard that keto is the best way to lose weight. No, 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 no. It's intermittent fasting. But wait, you can't miss eating and eat high fat. No, 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 you need to eat clean. Well, I just heard if you go on a long extended fast, that that's going to kickstart your weight loss. Guys, we could go on and on and on, but you know it. The message is clear. There's so many processes, protocols, dogmas, and beliefs that are out there that everyone says they've got the secret to losing body fat. They're really confident about it, too, if you listen to what they're trying to sell you. They have the secret. Or do they? Welcome to the Evolve Podcast. Evolve your body, evolve your mind, evolve your soul, and evolve your tribe. And now, it's time to disrupt. And with that, folks, I want to welcome you to another episode of the Evolve Podcast. I am your host, Steve Cutler, and today I want to talk to you about body composition and what the basics are. Essentially, I want to give you five reasons people fail to lose weight. You see, there's so much information out there. I teased it in the beginning, and I don't even need to tease it because you hear it every single day. You pull up social media, you listen to the radio, you turn television on, and everyone has the secret to getting that best body. But the problem is, is the majority of the people out there are preying on your ignorance. They're expecting you to not know the science behind body composition. How do you lose weight? How do you lose body fat in particular? And how do you build muscle? So today we're going to demystify for you. I'm going to upset a lot of people with this particular post, I'm sure, because there are people that want to sell you products and they're going to be upset if you learn this because you will never buy their products again. Or if you do, you're going to buy them at a significantly discounted amount. But before we get started, I want to thank you for listening to the Evolve podcast. You see, the Evolve podcast is part of our passion to provide no cost to consumer content that will help you disrupt and evolve into your highest self. As a coach, consultant, and speaker for over two decades, I know the power and value in having a coach and a tribe around you to help create clarity, consistency, and accountability. So with that in mind, I want to remind you that we offer one-on-one -on -one and group online coaching to help you evolve into your best self. For more information on our coaching, please click the link in the show notes, and I look forward to chatting with you soon. And now, on to the show. Let's talk about body composition change. Let's define that first and foremost. You see, body composition is how your body is composed of relative to fat and lean tissue. Now, most of the time you hear people talk about their percentage of body fat and their percentage of muscle. It's really a percentage of body fat and then a percentage of lean tissue, which comprises everything from your bones to your hair, your skin, any other lean tissue. But the two things that we typically talk about when we're talking about weight loss is your muscle and your fat. Now, if you learn the science and you understand the science, then you can apply a lot of different principles. And I think one of the most important things to do whenever you start out is learn the basics of what it is 
that you're trying to do. You see, I believe that the most evolved human beings learn the knowledge, skills, and develop the abilities to pull the levers, push the buttons, and sit in the driver's seat of their own life. Now, you may say, Steve, I don't want to learn the science. Okay, that's fine. You're going to continue to be taken advantage of. But think about it like this for just a second. Set your beliefs aside and set aside this idea that you may not understand the science. Well, when you grew up and you went out on your own, you had to learn about money. Mom and dad weren't there anymore. And if you were making a paycheck and you were paying rent, all of a sudden you had to learn this concept of money. Money coming in, money going out. Where does it go? How long does it last? If I save it, what am I saving for? Can I invest it? Can I grow it? There were a lot of concepts and principles that you had to learn when you were out on your own about money. Well, the way that we ingest food, the way that we expend our energy, the principles are very, very similar. And you can ignore these principles. You cannot learn these things. And you're going to be taken advantage of. I, ignorance is never bliss. Ignorance will just lead you into situations where marketing will be continually placed in front of you. And you'll start to develop this mindset that, oh, maybe this is the next thing. You see, I've been in health and fitness for almost a quarter of a century at this point. And I've seen very, very smart people be taken advantage of because they just didn't understand the basics of the science. So again, let's go back and talk about body composition. Well, body composition, we're going to, for today's episode, we're just going to talk about it in terms of muscle and body fat. So we want to build muscle and we want to lose body fat. Let's just get that out of the way. I don't care if you're a man or a woman, you want to build muscle. Now, if you look at the density of muscle and how much a pound of muscle is, if you were to lay a pound of muscle out on the table, it's very small, it's very dense, doesn't take up a lot of space. Now, a pound of fat on the other end is not as dense. That's why it's bigger. It's not that muscle weighs more than fat or vice versa. A pound is a pound, but it's the size and the density that matters. Women, when you build muscle, which is an extremely difficult thing for you to do because your hormones are not set up to help you in that realm, but when you build muscle, you develop shape. Your muscle develops a certain tone to it, which basically means when you touch the muscle, it touches back. A lot of times when people talk about tone, what they're talking about really is that they want some definition in there. But tone is the tightness of the muscle. Definition is the shape and the separation where you can see one muscle separated from another. Oh, I can see your shoulder. I can see your arms. I can see the difference between your biceps and your triceps. You have the horseshoe on the back of the arm. That tricep is showing up. That's your definition. The tone is the hotness of the muscle. Tap the muscle, does it tap back? Now, fat, we know what it is. It jiggles, it wiggles, and most of the time we don't like it. So when we want to change our body composition, there's a common, or excuse me, there's a there's a not commonly understood basic priority principle that you need to learn. Now, I'm going to introduce this to you, uh, but I can't take credit for it. 
I got this concept from Dr. Eric Helms. Dr. Helms came up with the uh, weight loss pyramid, or I, I can't even, uh, the strength pyramid, I can't even remember what he calls it. But essentially, I call it the pyramid of priorities. And the pyramid of priorities means that at the base, the base of the pyramid is where you need to spend your time mastering first. Once you have those things mastered, then you move up from there. The tip of the pyramid, you spend the least amount of time on, always. So stay tuned, because at the end of the episode, I'm going to give you the five most common pitfalls people fall into when they have a goal, they want to get lean or build muscle. But I've also got a bonus pitfall, and it's actually probably the most common that I see people make when they are trying to lose body fat. Now let's talk about the pyramid. Imagine at the base of this pyramid, you have something called lifestyle. You've got to focus on developing a lifestyle of movement. When you understand that your lifestyle plays a significant role in your body's ability to burn fat and build muscle, you focus there first. There are some basics when we talk about lifestyle that just are. You understand these things are happening inside of your body without you having to do anything about it. Your total daily energy expenditure is a combination of things. One of the things that it is, is it tells you how much energy are you expending from what's called your basal metabolic rate. Your basal metabolic rate or your resting metabolic rate, as it's sometimes called, they're not the same thing, but for our conversation today, we're going to call them the same thing. Is basically how much energy your body uses to stay alive. You want to burn calories? Go take a nap. You want to burn calories? Blink your eyes. You want to burn calories? Go eat some food. Your basal metabolic rate is the energy, the baseline rate that gets used, the energy that gets used through just normal daily functioning. Now that rolls up into your total daily energy expenditure. Part of this total daily energy expenditure is something that we call NEAT. Now, NEAT stands for non-exercise activity thermogenesis. So basically what that means is I'm not exercising, but I do activity. Maybe it's walking. Maybe like right now as I'm recording this podcast, when I'm talking, I tend to tap my foot because it gives me energy. It's not a conscious thing. I just find myself doing it. Fidgeting. There's a lot of different things that we do that it's not exercise-related that increases the thermogenesis. Well, what is thermogenesis? Thermogenesis just means the amount of body fat, or excuse me, the amount of body heat that you're creating through this movement, non-exercise activity thermogenesis. So let's pause right there. We're still at the base of the pyramid with lifestyle. Your body burns calories just for living, and your body burns calories through non-activity or excuse me, non-exercise activity. One of the ways, or one of the reasons, I should say, people talk about getting steps in during the day. And I'm a big proponent of this. If you want to get onto weight loss plan, I think the first thing you need to do is start by hitting between eight to 10,000 steps per day for the first three to four weeks. The next three to four weeks, you're going to take it up to 10 to 12. And then as you get 
closer to your goal weight, you're trying to get 12 to 14. This is a simple way to help increase this neat number. These base level, TDEE and NEAT, tell us that you don't need to do anything in order to burn calories. You just need to live. Now, what are the other factors of lifestyle? Well, there's sleep, extremely important to how we live our life. If somebody comes to me and they want to lose body fat, we're going to talk about sleep because you need to be sleeping on a regular basis. You need to be sleeping at the right times. And that doesn't mean that I want you to have this sleep anxiety. It says, oh, I didn't get to bed at this time, and so I'm not going to lose body fat. That's not the case. The purpose of making sure that sleep is taken care of as part of this base level lifestyle uh, base of the pyramid is sleep allows you to recover, which allows you to move, which keeps you happy and allows you to continue to go. So can you lose weight? Can you lose body fat and gain muscle on less sleep? Absolutely. But you're probably only going to do it for a short period of time. Because if you don't get enough sleep, over time, it's going to affect and create a cascade effect with your hormones. But it will also affect things like mood. It will affect your determination. It will affect your willpower. Willpower is not something that you have all the time. You need to constantly fill the bucket of willpower. And if your sleep is low, you know as well as I do that your willpower drops. So that's why sleep is important. What else fits into the lifestyle? Again, the base of the pyramid? Well, the relationships of your life. You see, we don't just get energy from food. We get energy from other people. There's a vibe. There's a feeling. I mean, think about it. When you go into a great room, you hear music. You, they're, they're, The relationships that you have with people and the things around you give you energy. It's important that you focus on having a good tribe around you. You want to lose body fat? Make sure that your tribe understands that you're on a fat loss journey. Make sure your tribe understands that you're trying to build muscle. There will be a lot of positive energy, supportive energy that will be there to help you. Next is your emotional intelligence. You see, I see far too many people losing the battle with body fat, uh, loss and muscle gain because of a lack of emotional intelligence. So if you're one of those that you take yourself too seriously, you can't laugh at yourself, you probably don't have a wide bandwidth in your emotional intelligence. And when you mess up, you maybe eat that plate of donuts because it just looked too good. Having good emotional intelligence means that you can laugh at yourself. You have a sense of resilience. You can keep going. These are all part of the lifestyle factors. Now, finally, the last piece of the lifestyle factors is your exercise. There's three types of exercise that we're going to talk about today. There's strength, cardio, and mobility. Strength is anything that creates resistance against your body. So whether it's pressing or pulling, anything that provides pressure on the body uh, excuse me, on the bones and the joints uh, and the muscles, that helps to build and or maintain your muscle. So why is strength training important? Well, muscle is more metabolically active than a lot of other tissue, and especially more metabolically active than fat. 
you'll hear people say, well, fat is not metabolically active. It is. You actually burn calories just by having fat on your body because your fat stores help you to create hormones. But muscle is more metabolically active, which means you burn more calories just by having more muscle. You want to learn how to eat, or excuse me, you want to eat more, build more muscle. Uh, your body's just going to sit at a higher metabolic rate if you have more muscle and less body fat. Another reason why strength training is important is it keeps your bones and joints healthy and strong. Next, strength training helps you to move better and with less overall pain. You see, your body regulates its pain receptors and its movement receptors. So if you're moving consistently, your movement receptors go up and there's an inverse relationship to your pain receptors. What that means is that people that are sedentary tend to be in more pain. People that are active are in less pain. As we know, physical pain can affect our emotional pain. You'd start to draw the lines between movement and getting out of depression, lowering anxiety, and a myriad of other psychological benefits as well. Finally, Strength helps with what we call your metabolic flexibility. Now, if you're like me, you have that one food or that one treat or whatever that you just have a hard time resisting. Now, see, I've got a couple of things that my wife makes that I absolutely love, and I don't really feel guilty when I slam an entire pan of brownies or an entire plate of cookies that she makes because they're just amazing. But because I train and build strength on a regular basis that allows me the flexibility to do that from time to time. What I notice after I do my uh, cookie binge is that that night I sleep about twice as hot. My body is burning hotter. My, my core temperature raises while I go to bed and my core temperature raises for quite a while afterwards. And I, I just, my body wants to burn it off because I'm consistently strength training. I'm consistently training. I have more metabolic flexibility. That means that every once in a while, if I'm doing something like a cookie binge, uh, it's not going to affect me in, in any significant way. Now, the second way that you exercise is cardiovascular exercise. Cardiovascular exercise includes things like walking, running, swimming, there's a wide variety of things. Anything that takes your heart rate up, gets you breathing a little bit harder, and you maintain that for a period of time. So why do you do cardio? Well, it helps your cardio system. Your cardio means heart. It helps to get your heart stronger. It improves everything with the vascular system. Everything all the way down to the small veins that pump the blood into your muscles and throughout your entire body gets your pumps working. So it's beneficial for the cardiovascular system. It's also great for your respiratory system. It helps you to develop better strength in your lungs and all of the muscles that help you to breathe. Third, cardiovascular exercise can help you to recover in your strength workouts. One of the most impactful ways that I have continually been able to recover and get shorter workouts that are more effective is because I do cardio. I do a very low level zone one, zone two on a regular basis. Sometimes it's just me out walking my neighborhood, which is a very uh, hilly uh, area. 
Sometimes it's going for a trail run. Sometimes it's going for a hike. But that base level of cardio helps me to recover quicker between sets, which means that I can lift heavier in a shorter period of time. I can keep my volume in my lifting and strength sessions where I want it to be, but I can do it in less time. So my cardio gives me the ability to do less when I go do strength training. Finally, cardio is there for energy and stamina. Have you ever walked up the stairs and you're trying to have a conversation with somebody at work and you get up to the top of the stairs and you just, ah, oh my gosh, I can't believe this. I'm out of breath. You and everybody else that doesn't do cardio are in the same boat. So cardio, that's another component, another uh, exercise uh, area where that fits into the lifestyle base of the pyramid. Last piece of the lifestyle component when we talk about exercise is mobility training. Now I say mobility because I'm not talking just about flexibility. There's a great book out there. Most of you will never buy it, never read it, and you'd be bored to death getting it. But I will tell you, it's one of my favorite books. It's called Becoming a Supple Leopard by Dr. Kelly Starrett. And Dr. Starrett talks about how beautiful movement in animals and humans comes from supple tissue. Supple means that it's both flexible, but it's also pliable. It's got this suppleness to it that when you touch it, it can be taut, but it's also responsive. You see, when you watch a leopard move, they're very calm, they move in a beautiful way, and they're ready to pounce. Mobility training helps you to develop suppleness in your body. So it's not just about, can I touch my toes? And then, can I put my toes five feet behind my head? That's flexibility. Flexibility is important, but it's one aspect of it. Mobility means that you're paying attention to all of the tissues. So that could include soft tissue work. That could include a wide variety of modalities to help you create appropriate mobility. So why do you do mobility training? Well, you do it to reduce pain. You do it so that you move with more suppleness or charisma. And finally, you do it to keep tissues healthy and supple so that whatever comes up in life, like today, we've got two or three feet of snow out my window. If I go out there and shovel the snow, I'm not going to hurt myself because my tissue is supple. So before we go on to level two, we want to talk about what is at this base level. Let's recap it. So your body's going to burn calories through the total daily energy expenditure. That's a combination of your basal metabolic rate and your non-exercise activity thermogenesis and your exercise, strength, cardio, and mobility. You need sleep, you need good relationships, and you need emotional intelligence. All of these factors play into the lifestyle piece. So if you want to lose weight, start to take care of these things first. Now, as you move up the priority pyramid, you need to look at your energy balance. This is the old adage of calories in and calories out. Now, you'll hear a lot of people say, calories in, calories out doesn't work. Well, yes and no. It works because it's a scientific principle. It's part of the law of thermodynamics. If I put a calorie 
which is just a unit of measurement into my body, and I burn that calorie, or let's say I burn two of those calories, then over time, my deficit will force me to pull energy from my body. And so if a pound of body, uh, body fat weight, or excuse me, uh, has about 3,500 calories in it, and I want to lose a pound of body fat, and let's say that I take my calories down about 500 per day, so in theory, I would lose a pound in about seven days. Now again, that's in theory. The reason that theory holds is because of the law of thermodynamics. The reason that theory doesn't hold is because there are a few other factors that play into this, and it's not a simple equation. So does calories in, calories out matter? Absolutely, 100%. But there's also other factors. That's why we're talking about this this pyramid. There are ways to maximize body fat loss and increase muscle, and it all fits into the overall pyramid. But I can tell you this. If you're not losing body fat, you are not in a caloric deficit. If you are gaining, you are in a caloric surplus. If you are stable, you are at caloric balance. So if you're losing fat or you're losing weight, you're in a deficit. If you're stable, you're maintaining. If you're going up, you're in a caloric surplus. It's as simple as that. So what is a calorie? Well, it's a unit of measurement. Why does it matter? It's because the law of thermodynamics has been proven It's not up for debate. When you burn, it needs to come from somewhere. Well, yeah, but I heard the calorie balance doesn't matter. Well, that's because somebody's probably trying to sell you on something. Or they just don't understand the science. Now again, calories in, calories out, the energy balance, it's not everything. That's why we started with lifestyle first, and that's why we're going on to level three next. But if you don't master the energy balance, you shouldn't move on to the next level. But here's a little tip for you. Now, it's really hard for us on a day-to-day basis when we look across an entire week to say, can I stay in that caloric deficit all seven days? So if I need to lose a pound in seven days and I want to drop my uh, calories by 500 per day, can I eat like that all seven days? Well, for some people, that's just not practical. And we're not robots. We have emotions. We have lives. We have people. We have events. We have things that we need to go to. And so staying in that 500-a-day caloric deficit might not be easy for you. And so one of the tips or tricks that I work with people on is if you want to eat a little bit more on the weekends, or you know that you're going out for a party, it's a birthday party, you know you're going to eat some of the birthday cake, think about it like your money in versus money out. If you go a little bit lower on your calories for five or six of those days, that banks a little bit more at the end of the week. And the key overall that I've found is instead of looking at it on a day-by-day basis, start to look at everything you do on a week-by-week basis. So if you're trying to drop that 3,500 calories, you could get six or 700 on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, which might give you an extra 300 that you could throw onto that Thursday night party that you're going to. Now, 
it's important to understand that weight loss is not a linear thing because the body has this thing called homeostasis. And what that means is that it wants to stay in a stable and balanced way. When you start to rock things and decrease calories, your body's not too happy with you because it wants to stay as it is. It's easier to function where it's at right now. When you change things, it will fight back against you. It'll change up your hormone profile and tell you that you're hungry. It will decrease your satiety or how satisfied you feel with certain foods so that you will eat more to stay where you're at. Now just understand that's the body doing what the body does, which is a protective mechanism. And we can override those things through a caloric deficit if we do it over time. But remember, look at caloric average over a week, not just a day, and understand that your weight is going to rise and fall. Now, it is absolutely impossible for you to burn a significant amount of fat in a day and or gain muscle in a day. So why does the weight on the scale go high and low? Well, your metabolism might be a little bit higher that day. You might have extra fluids. You might be bloated. You may not have gone to the bathroom, but it's extremely normal for weight fluctuations to happen throughout the week. If you start tracking the week by week with your body fat and your overall caloric intake, you're going to notice the change over time. Don't stress about hitting right on your caloric number today if it's going to, uh, because the reality is it, it, we look at things on a week by week basis and that's, that's how your uh, body's gonna change anyway. All right, so base level of the pyramid we've already talked about is lifestyle. Second tier of the pyramid is your energy balance. We go up to the third tier, and now we start into your macronutrients. Macro means large. Nutrients are what we are feeding our body, and there are three primary macronutrients and a fourth that's a bit of an ancillary that can be beneficial if you're in a certain uh, way of eating. The first one is protein. If you want to lose weight, uh, specifically fat and gain lean tissue, you need to prioritize protein. Why is that? Well, protein helps to build muscle. Muscle is essentially a bunch of amino acids, which are the building blocks of both muscle and protein. And so when you eat protein, you're helping to fuel the body so that it can build and or maintain your muscle. You see, when you go into a caloric deficit and you maintain a caloric deficit for a period of time, your body will start to pull energy from wherever it can. It'll pull it from fat stores. It'll pull it from the sugar that sits in your liver and your, and your uh, muscles. Uh, but at a certain point, the body can pull protein, break it down to amino acids, and through a process called gluconeogenesis, it can, it, which essentially just means I can make sugar out of nothing, it will take protein and turn it into sugar and utilize it as a fuel. So why do you eat protein? You eat protein so that you spare whatever muscle you have. If your goal is not necessarily to gain muscle, your goal has to be to maintain whatever muscle you have. If you lose muscle, you lose overall metabolic functioning, meaning that your metabolism goes down, your rate of burning goes down, and you will not be able to eat as much. This is where the yo-yo cycle of diet comes in. Most people diet they lose a combination of fat and muscle because they don't strength train, they don't prioritize protein. And so the metabolism goes 
down, then they go back to eating the way that they were eating before, but the metabolism has dropped because the muscle tissue has gone away and they gain a little bit more, but this time the muscle or the, the weight that they're gaining back is all fat and little by little, this cycle continues. That's why 30 years later, it's extremely difficult for you to lose. And when you say, I've tried everything, no, you haven't. You just have done what everybody else has done. You've done the yo-yo cycle of dieting. You didn't prioritize protein and you didn't preserve your muscle. Second reason protein is important is it helps to increase overall metabolism. You see, there's a caloric count for everything that we eat. You think that when you eat, you're going to get all of the calories that come from that particular food and you're not because it takes energy it takes calories just to process the food and it takes more calories or what we call a thermic effect of feeding so there's more energy burned there's more heat produced by processing protein than there is the other two macronutrients so it helps your metabolism supports your metabolism to keep your protein high third tissue health protein is a building block for so many other tissues, not just muscle. If you want to stay healthy, you need to prioritize protein because this helps all other tissues. Uh, we could go on and on about this. If you want to listen to a great episode, uh, go over to Boundless Body Radio. My good friend Casey Ruff has uh, on his Patreon site breakdowns of each of these macronutrients, and you can go deep into this with some of the best experts in the world. So I would highly, highly recommend his uh, episodes there. Next is fat. Well, fat is essential. Now, we become afraid of fat because we think that as soon as we eat fat, it's going to go into uh, and, and turn into body fat. And that's just silly. That's like, uh, that's what we call magical thinking. That's like if I sit here and think and pray and meditate that someone's going to show up at my house with a million dollars. That's just, that's not the case. Fat is just an energy source. Protein, we talked about. Uh, builds muscle, helps metabolism, supports tissue health. Fat and carbohydrates, the next two uh, macronutrients, are energy sources for us. But fat is a long-lasting energy source. Fat also helps to support your hor hormone health. If you're like me, where you're sitting in your mid to late 40s, or you're older or slightly younger, you need to be concerned with your overall hormone health and fat is an important aspect of your overall diet to maintain good hormone health. The third reason why fat is important is it is calorie dense. You can eat and uh, proteins and carbs and you get four calories per gram. Okay. So if you were to weigh this out and I've got a gram of carbohydrates and a gram of protein, I get four calories there. If I eat a gram of fat, it's nine calories. So this is how people can overeat when they eat fat because you can eat a lot of it, but it takes less in order to get more. So it's very calorie dense. So if you're going on a long hike, you're going on a backpacking trip, you need to run a marathon, any type of endurance training, prioritizing fat is important for you because it is caloric, uh, calorically dense. Finally, we've got carbohydrates. Well, carbs make you fat. Nope, they don't. Excessive caloric intake over time makes you fat. The reason people say carbs make you fat is because it's really easy to eat a lot of carbs, especially if those carbs are in the form of a 
simple carbohydrate like a sugar. Why do you need carbs? Well, carbs give you energy. And specifically, they give you short-term energy. Now, here's an interesting thing that most people don't know. There are what are called essential amino acids. Essential amino acids basically just mean that your body has essential needs that come from these proteins. So these proteins, uh, building blocks, these amino acids have to be in, eaten. Your body doesn't produce them on, on its own. So you need to eat these. Your body also needs what are called essential fatty acids. So think about that. Your body can't produce these fatty acids, and your body can't produce these amino acids. So that means protein and fats need to be ingested because they are essential for living. They're essential for your body, but they're also essential for your overall weight loss. There is no such thing as an essential sugar. There is no such thing as an essential carbohydrate. Now, that doesn't mean that we don't need carbs or shouldn't eat carbs. It just means it's not essential for the body. So if you choose not to eat carbohydrates, yeah, that's fine. You're probably not going to be bad. Uh, you might not be happy. It's up to you. Everybody's different. Now, I told you that there's three macronutrients and kind of a fourth, and that fourth is an energy source called ketones. Ketones are an energy that's produced when your body gets into what's called a ketogenic state. That's when your fat is higher, your protein is higher, and your carbohydrates are extremely low. Your body will start to produce ketones, and that's what your brain will function on. The brain needs sugar in order to function, or it can function off of ketones. Your body can get energy from ketones. And ketones can be very effective. In fact, a lot of people, when they get onto a ketogenic or a carnivorous diet, they find that their energy levels don't dip, they don't sink, they stay fairly uh, stable. Uh, but if you're like me, you have a really hard time just eating carnivore you know, meats and eggs all the time. I just don't enjoy that all the time. I like to have a little bit more variety. And so while I will be low carb more often than not, just because that's my preference, I'll be keto or carnivore for periods of time if I need the mental health benefits and the clarity benefits that come from it, uh, but I'll see, still eat carbohydrates. So protein, fats, and carbs are the three macronutrients that you need to worry about, and if you are choosing to go on a ketogenic or carnivorous diet, you need to be aware of ketones as well. So at this point, if we talked about nothing else, and we just went through level one lifestyle, level two energy balance, level three macronutrients, guess what? You're going to be building muscle and losing body fat. But I want to teach you the others. And I want to teach you the others with the understanding that those three base layers are where you need to put the majority of your time and focus. As we move from levels three to four, five, and six, you have to understand that these other three have less impact overall. Again, we're looking at a pyramid. So think about a pyramid. It gets smaller as it goes up. That means that four, five, and six have far less impact on your body composition. They're beneficial to health, but they're less beneficial to your overall body composition. So what's a level four? Well, this is where we talk about your micronutrients and your hydration. Again, micronutrients, these are things like vitamins and minerals, 
Hydration, obviously. How hydrated are you? Do your muscles, does the rest of your body have the hydration that you need in order to function? Micronutrients and hydration, they're essential for health, but they are not as essential for losing body fat. Well, Steve, why is it that I see people walking around with this gallon of water every time they go work out? No, it's because there was a belief at one point that if you are drinking a ton of water, then it's going to help you to flush the fat out of your body, which is simply not true. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm a big fan of staying well hydrated. I'm a big fan of making sure that your micronutrients are there so that you stay healthy and functioning well over time. But will drinking a lot more water get you to lose weight? No, it just simply won't. The science isn't there. Now, let's move up a bit. As we go from four to five, we're getting close to the top of our pyramid. And this is where we talk about nutrient timing and frequency. Now, 25, 30 years ago, we used to think that nutrient timing was much more important. We thought that you had to uh, optimize in 45, meaning that right after you worked out, you had to get proteins and carbohydrates in to optimize your recovery. We thought that eating every two hours would help to boost up your metabolism, help you to lose weight faster. And what's happened is we've learned over time that those are just theories that were unproven. But nutrient timing and frequency still play into this. They're going to be less effective on your overall um, fat loss. Again, we're almost at the top of the pyramid. But the most important thing when it comes to nutrient timing is what I referenced before when it comes to caloric intake. And that is how many calories are you consuming per week versus what you need to consume in order to lose your body fat. So if you need to be at a weekly 3,500 calorie deficit, well, pay attention to weekly. That's the nutrient timing thing that matters. Now, if you're an athlete, we're going to talk a little bit more about nutrient timing and frequency of your meals because it can help to improve your performance depending on what you're doing, to chunk your meals and your nutrient intake around your workouts. If you're not, don't worry about it. If you're just trying to lose body fat and gain a little bit of muscle, the only nutrient timing and frequency conversation we need to have is watch the caloric intake over the week. Now, that doesn't necessarily apply to your macronutrients, you really want to hit your protein uh, on a day-to-day basis. If your fats and carbohydrates are a little bit flexible here and there, that's fine. Caloric intake should be on a weekly basis. Protein, you should look to hit it on a daily basis. Now on to the last one. This is the very tip of the pyramid. When we get up to level six of this pyramid, We're talking about the thing that is the least important thing in the pyramid of priorities, and that's supplementation. Now, the reason supplementation is even on here is for a couple of, I think, very good and healthy reasons. Number one, we live in a society that is constantly bombarding us with low-level stress almost all the time. That text message buzz the phone call, the person that has access to you at any point in time, the boss that can uh, pull you up on a FaceTime or even if you're remote, like we, we, we just have access 
to low-level stress hitting us all the time. Our ancestors never had that. And so the human body didn't evolve to handle that in a positive way. And so there are supplements out there that can help to offset that. For instance, if you're training on a regular basis, a lot of the research has shown that calcium and magnesium uh, and zinc supplements are extremely beneficial. Uh, in fact, many bodybuilders, weightlifters, athletes, they tend to be very low in the CalMag zinc area. And so supplementing with those can be extremely beneficial. Uh, there are other things that can be beneficial along the way. But again, when we're talking about body fat, body composition, supplements have a little, 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 little bit to do with it. And it's more so of an ancillary benefit rather than a direct benefit. Another ancillary benefit that we find from supplements are supplements that will help you to become calm and go to sleep. So for instance, at night, oftentimes I will take a magnesium supplement. I might even take a val uh, valerian root. And by taking those two things, it helps me to calm down and gets me into a state where I can sleep better. I may also take GABA which is a neurotransmitter. It's actually a neurotransmitter inhibitor. And it basically shuts my brain down so that, uh, I don't know if you're like me, but my brain just keeps going, trying to solve the problems uh, of the world, even when I'm going to sleep. And GABA helps to shut that down so that I can sleep better. So these things don't have a direct effect on your ability to gain muscle or lose body fat. The one caveat to that is creatine. If you take creatine, it's the most tested and most widely used supplement in the world that has been proven to be effective not just for um, increasing muscle, but it also has a lot of brain benefits as well. But when you take creatine on a regular basis, you can, if you're training the right way, increase your muscle mass quicker. So when we talk about body composition change, something like creatine can be extremely effective. So there you have it. We've laid out the pyramid for you. At the base, we've got lifestyle. At the second level that you need to master, it's energy balance. The third level is understanding and making sure that your micronutrients are there. Then we go up to four where we're talking macronutrients and hydration. Five is nutrient timing and frequency. And six is supplements. Now, as we come to the end of this and you understand these basics, you might be asking yourself, well, Steve, where do I start? Well, start at the beginning. Start at the base. Look at the factors in your lifestyle that are negatively affecting you and make some changes. If you're not working out on a regular basis, create a habit of doing it. Go for more walks. If you've got a lot of stress in your life, ask yourself, what can I do to reduce that stress right now? And what can I do to reduce that stress on a consistent basis? Once you have lifestyle that has improved, then start to pay attention to your caloric balance. That energy balance, energy in, energy out, is a critical piece to your overall weight loss. Once you get to that level, you'll start to see some pounds coming off and you'll notice a change. Then when you dial in the macronutrients and you keep the caloric balance below where it needs to if we're trying to lose weight or above where it needs to be, um, to, to gain muscle, the macronutrients will start to matter. Now, what are the reasons? I told you at the very beginning 
that I was going to give you the five reasons that most people fail when it comes to losing body fat. Number one, they use magical thinking. Now, if you're not familiar with magical thinking, this is where you might hope, wish, dream that something's going to happen. And you think that if you shut the door this way, that somehow great things are going to come or that if you just are a little bit nicer or you pray a little bit harder or whatever it is that that something is going to happen. The number one reason that people are failing is they use magical thinking rather than understanding the science and applying the science. If you apply this pyramid, I guarantee you're going to lose weight. Start to apply this and move away from the magical thinking. The second thing is they don't stick to the science. They try it, but they don't stick to it. They hear it, but then something contradicts it. Well, yeah, but this research came out. Oh, but what about this? Oh, I heard that. The basics haven't changed. They truly haven't. Lifestyle's always been important. Energy balance goes back to the law of thermodynamics. It's never been disproven. Macronutrients, balancing those things out. These things have been proven. Most people don't stick to the science, and that's the second reason that they don't lose weight. Third, they don't stick to the process long enough. See, we're really weird as a species. As humans, we put timelines on things. Nobody else, no other animal does this. Like the birds, when they're flying south, they don't say, oh, we've got two weeks to get there, and if we don't get there, we're going to uh, just camp wherever we're at, or we're going to be mad. No, no, nobody does that. We do that. I don't know why we do it. I do it. I've done it. But they don't stick to the process long enough. That's why you're not losing weight. So if you haven't lost the 20 pounds that you're trying to lose, and you've lost 15, great, stay with it. If you're stuck, if you've hit a plateau, well, let's talk. Because there's ways to break through those plateaus to continue to go. But if you stick with these principles long enough, you're going to get where you want to get to. The fifth reason why people don't lose weight is they don't track and they just expect results to happen. Now, I've never met a successful businessman. I've never met a wealthy individual that doesn't know everything there is to know about his or her business. I've never met anyone that has significant financial wealth that doesn't know where it comes from and where it's going and all of the nuances of it. The same thing's true with a great body. You've got to track it. And maybe that just means that you're starting by tracking, by writing things down. Maybe you're not super detailed and you're not tracking all of your macronutrients and your calories and all those things. But over time, you need to start to track some things. Because if you track it, whatever gets measured gets changed. Whatever you focus on increases or decreases in the case of body fat. So the fourth reason people don't get results is they don't track it and they just expect the results to happen. Finally, the fifth reason people fail is they don't take into account their personality and their emotions. Now, as I mentioned before, I have a proclivity towards brownies and cookies that my wife makes. It's part of my personality. It's part of my emotions. When I smell those things, there's just, there's comfort. The brownies come from, you know, when I was a kid, my mom used to make those. My wife has found this recipe I don't know, 20 some odd years ago, uh, pretty early on in our marriage, and, and they've become famous with our friends and our family. 
and I love them. I feel great when I eat them. They're not horrible. I don't get a headache from them. They're just, they're wonderful. Now, I know that I have a tendency to eat a ton of those when they're around. And so I don't ask her to make them a lot. One of the main reasons why people fail, and I put it here as the fifth reason, is they don't take into account their personality and their emotions. You see, there's a lot of ways that you can apply what we've talked about today. If you want to get into a caloric deficit, you could do intermittent fasting. That might actually work really well with your personality. If you're the type of person that likes to get going for the day, maybe you grab your cup of coffee, your tea, and you just go, and then you eat later on, that might work for you because that's your personality. But if it's not your personality, you don't enjoy that. It doesn't fit with your emotional well-being. You don't need to do that. You can apply these principles and you can take these concepts and apply them in a way that works well for you. So the five reasons people fail, number one, they use magical thinking. Number two, they don't stick to the science. Number three, they don't stick to the process long enough. Number four, they don't track and they just expect results to happen. And finally, they don't take into account their own personality and own emotions. Now, I told you I was going to give you a bonus tip. This is probably the thing that blew me away the most. And I've got to be honest, I did it when I first got into training because I wanted better results, quicker results, and I was looking for a shortcut. This mistake is probably the most common thing that I see people making, and this is where your money is going to go down the drain. They flip the pyramid upside down. What I mean by that is... Instead of starting with lifestyle, energy balance, macronutrients, they start by going out and buying a supplement. They flip the pyramid upside down and their priority becomes, what can I buy to help me lose weight faster? I just need a kickstart. I just need, and by flipping the pyramid upside down, you are 100% guaranteed to get poor results and have less money. 100% guaranteed to have poor results and less money. You want to lose your body fat? Go back to the pyramid. Focus on your lifestyle. Become a more evolved human being. And you're going to be six months from now, nine months from now, 12 months from now, whenever it is, because we don't care about time, a more evolved human with less body fat and more muscle. So there you have it, folks. You know the basics of body composition. You can apply the tools in whatever system you want. Again, you want to decrease your caloric intake through intermittent fasting? Sure, if you like it. You want to drop your calories and get more protein through eating carnivorous? Yeah, great. If you enjoy that, do it. You want to get more protein through more frequent meals of clean eating? Great. If that feels good to you, do it. But stick to the science. Don't get too caught up in the dogma. Don't add another religion to your life. The religion of nutrition doesn't need to be there. Understand the basic science and understand that you can apply several different tactics and approaches. But also don't forget to have some fun with it. You see, building your most evolved physique is difficult enough, but it can also be a lot of fun. And on that note, folks, it is time for us to wrap up another episode of the Evolve Podcast. Hey, I want to thank you, our listeners, for joining us for this episode of the Evolve Podcast. I am Steve Cutler, reminding you that it takes time and consistency to evolve. But first, you have to disrupt. And now, 
It's time for you to get out there and evolve. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Evolve Podcast. Follow us on your favorite podcast app. And if you haven't done so, please give us a rating. As an independent podcast, it really helps us get more reach. This podcast is part of our mission to help millions of people evolve into the best versions of themselves. Please check out our coaching services at evolve-cast.com or pick up some of our Evolve merch. Until next time, keep evolving.